0: Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10pm till midnight. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenters Cough. it Conversations.
1: Cough. A warm welcome to Dr. Miriam Khan, who's a registered natural medicine doctor with a master's degree focusing on sexual and reproductive health and rights and its intersections with gender and religion. Dr. Khan, thank you very much for joining us. I've missed you. Hi, Patricia. I'm so glad to be back. We're talking maintenance sex. What is this maintenance sex and and where does it emanate from?
2: You know, Patricia,
1: it's something that's been around for a while, but recently
2: this particular model spoke about it, and I think it's the way she framed it that has raised concerns, um, you know, amongst people worldwide in terms of what is it? Is it sexist? Should we even be having it? Is it a good thing for relationships or a bad thing for relationships? And basically, her idea of it. And this is a very gendered definition and idea. Because If you do a Google search for maintenance sex, most articles talk about it as sex that men need and women provide. And this would be to maintain the relationship. Often it is done out of fear of abandonment or rejection or the person, basically the person leaving you. So to keep that relationship going, which is why it's considered foreseen and viewed in a negative light. So it would be something different to the idea of setting a sex date. So the, the, the issue, with, with the recent issue with uh, the, the model Caprice and the statement she made was because of the fact that she framed it in uh, one's ideas of, um, you know, she said men are simple creatures, they just need to be fed, and we just need to provide them with sex, and that's enough to keep them happy. and. I think it's. She said something about it being being the most important five to ten minutes of your life. You just stay back and that's it. You give them five minutes and you're able to sustain and maintain your relationship. And that's where the problem arises.
1: Sure, I can't imagine people in relationships and they're expecting them to to last for a long time where there's sex um, and both parties are not in the sex, it's only one having sex with the other. The other one is literally just a machine to provide the sex. This sort of maintenance sex can't be sexy. But I think as a relationship progresses in terms of years and people are together for a long time and they are busy with their schedules, perhaps then maintenance sex can be sexier because you then plan your kinky nights. You plan how it's going to be. And throughout the week, the day, whatever it is, you start thinking about it. In that sense, I think maintenance sex could be sexier. But in the sense that one is just a giver and the other is just a receiver, no.
2: I agree. So in the sense where you're both making a conscious choice and and it's a free choice. So you're, you're freely deciding without any coercion or duress, to so be freely deciding that you want this because you prioritize physical intimacy in your relationship. And it also depends on how you define that sex. So is that sex penetrative sex? Must must there be penetration during that session of intimacy? So we come back to, to defining intimacy and de- defining sex. Um, so, you know, If you have, if you set a date, if you schedule something to your diary, like Saturday evening or Sunday morning, whatever it is that works for you, because usually these days are taken up before people in their relationship are working and if they have children and other commitments and family commitments, extracurricular activities. So if you schedule a time that works best for you, for both of you in your relationship, you're also living this conscious effort. That, you know, you you want to spend that physical closeness. You want to spend that time, and that physical closeness enhances and nourishes and nurtures the relationship. But the question is, must there be penetration? And is it okay for one person to withdraw, to change their mind? So these are where the difficult questions come in. I think the idea that she brought about was even if you're not in the mood, you will just go ahead with it. So I think to podcast, and she said you can't say you're tired, you can't say you have a headache. You just going of go ahead and go with it because that's the most important five to ten minutes of your life. And the, you know the influence was that it's penetration, so five to ten minutes of penetration, but also idea of that it prioritizes their in is a heteronormative discussion, is prioritizing a man's pleasure. So are you not getting any pleasure out of that as a woman, as the female partner or the woman partner in a relationship I and mean, in that act? So are you just literally just being a vessel through which the other person is being satisfied? And can all their ideas or are all their ideas of intimacy only sexual intimacy? Can they not be non-sexual intimacy? Or can the sexual intimacy not include penetration? I think these are the questions we need to
1: ask. A-teamers, we're talking about uh, maintenance sex and I want to hear from you if uh, you know, you've know you been in a long-term relationship, heterosexual, bisexual or homosexual, doesn't really matter. You've been in a relationship for a long time and you've realized that mm, honeymoon phase in our relationship has ended. We've been together for quite some time now. Life is busy and we sometimes don't get around to having sex. So how do you guys maintain the intimacy? How do you schedule for your maintenance sex? And is it fun is it kinky do you discuss it can you withdraw if you all of a sudden don't feel like it after you've penciled it down in your diary call in let me know 011 714 or you can WhatsApp on 0614 104 107 sms's go to 41391 and remember that sms's are charged at 150 Late
0: Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Closet Conversations.
1: We are talking maintenance sex with Dr. Miriam Khan. Um, Sometimes you find yourself in a a position where you've been together for so long that you just forget to have sex. You forget to be intimate because you're busy. You've got kids. You've got work. You've got, you know, a house to clean up. You've got the daily run-of-the-mill issues. And... Yeah, and then, you know, you just just stop being intimate. Is this a good thing? Or is it important for you as a couple to have maintenance sex? Sex that is planned. Sex that is scheduled so that you and your partner can still be intimate with each other. Call in, let me know. Some other people are in relationships and... The relationships are not doing so well, but the bedroom is on fire. The maintenance sex is on fire. Everything else about the relationship sexually is on fire. Would you continue in that relationship knowing very well that outside of the bedroom, so let us know 11 714 or you can WhatsApp 0614-104107. SMS is go to four one three nine one. Dr. Khan, so you were speaking before the break about, you know, also planning what will happen within that maintenance sex that is scheduled. And you were talking about, will it be penetrative sex, non-penetrative sex? So how, how do you figure out what will work for your kink in that evening or that day? So I think
2: that the general idea of maintenance sex that most people have is that you know, there's differing ideas about it. So some people consider it as the kind of sex that schedule in like the sex date, and you choose, and there's free consent, and that consent can be reversed. Other people understand it as the kind of sex where you don't really want to have it, but you do it anyway because you think it's what's going to save the relationship. And I think that this is where, you know, there's that line between the two, the two ideas. If it's the kind of, if it's the former, if you understand it to be something that you're both choosing to do, and it's because you have technically busy lives, and there's no other way to factor in physical intimacy than or bust to, you know, schedule it into your diary and say, okay, Sunday morning before breakfast or Saturday evening, whatever, you know, and then that's, that's completely different, as opposed to if it's something you're doing just because you think that you know, if you don't do it, you're going to lose the relationship. So in terms of ideas around what it entails, that we, you know, the maintenance sex itself, here it depends on how you um, define the maintenance sex. So if it's the kind of sex that you're scheduling in because you both prioritize physical intimacy, then you get to have, then that also means that you probably have open communication. You're probably understanding each other's needs, wants, desires. You know, you respect each other's boundaries. And and that's completely different to if you're just indulging a partner because you feel that that partner needs that the physical intimacy, then you don't necessarily need it. So that set itself indulging someone in an act that you don't really want to be a part of is already pushing boundaries. And once you begin pushing boundaries, the other person might abuse that and might continuously push until you come to a point where it can become sexual abuse, it can become marital rape, it can become sexual coercion. So I think what goes on in that session depends on how you're Define maintenance sex. And whether you have open lines of communication, whether you're able to say no at some point. So it's not just a simple you know, conversation of spontaneous desire versus responsive desire. Because even if you consider responsive desire, is there the possibility to say no at some point? Or must you continue even if you're still not enjoying it? Even if you you realize at some point you don't actually want to be doing this, can you say no? And will your partner respect that boundary?
1: Hey, Dr. Khan, it's it's a it's a issue here with uh, relationships, right? Because obviously, everyone wants to feel wanted and loved in their relationship, and you always want to do right by your partner. But sometimes, just life happens. So, when life happens, um, and we are faced with the various challenges within this maintenance sex, do we have to consider those um, life changes? Like, for instance, you 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 are now not feeling well for some reason. Maybe it's COVID. Maybe you've just discovered you've got some sort of ailment. How do we plan for those within our maintenance sex?
2: These are exactly the questions you're asking, Patricia. So, you know, do we have fixed ideas that, um, you know, that, that there must be a certain number of, uh, you know, or a certain frequency in terms of physical intimacy in the relationship? So, must you have sex once a week? for the rest of your lives, or can you take a break in between, you know, because it comes down to ideas that sexual desire is static and that it's something that's going to be the same, like particularly for men, with prioritizes men's sexual desire. So it kind of gives off this idea that men have a higher libido than women do, and that's the rule, but it's not, you know. There, there may be situations where, so the woman in the relationship has a higher libido. Also, um, it's the libido is affected by so many different things. So, for example, you may start off in a relationship, and both of you have matching desires. And somewhere along the line, a year, two years, two years, as you get into a routine, as you start a family, then you're applying for a promotion, or you have, you, you know, you have a loss of a family member, or well, like you said, there's an illness. Um, maybe you have depression or anxiety or stress. It could be financial stress, it could be anything that would affect your desire. And one partner is no longer uh, interested in physical intimacy at the same level as they were before. So maybe two years ago or early on in the marriage. Make the accommodation for that. Can the other partner accommodate? Can we have discussions? about physical intimacy early on in the relationship so that we nurture and you know and in terms of like build ideas we expand our ideas of intimacy to include non-sexual ideas of intimacy so that just to be close to your partner you don't have to always engage in, in physical closeness or in penetrative sex I think that if we can work around those ideas then we can accommodate an illness we can accommodate um, a person just not sitting in that space, you know, due to whatever kind of stress they're going through. Or, for example, uh, you know, at the moment, this pandemic, it has so many people in interact. When we first started, our people were counting the hard lockdown and thinking 21 days. And we were literally counting. You know, we were doing virtual diaries. We were going on social media to day one, day two, day three. And most of us have not even realized that we've passed 3,500, you know? So uh, it can take you into the space where you just don't feel yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you want to do anything. It does not necessarily have to be clinical depression, but you might feel depressed. You might feel sad. You might not have the energy or the mood for physical intimacy. Or you might feel that that's not a priority. So... If you have a loss or death in the family through COVID or any other reason, one person, you know, both people might deal with that grief or might grieve differently. One person may want physical intimacy to forget about and, and to deal with their grief, and the other person might feel guilty to engage in something that's supposed to be pleasurable when they've just lost someone. So...
1: Can we accommodate for those kind of ideas? I think these are very, very important questions to ask. Mm. Yeah, and and uh, Doctor, let me go to this uh, voice note. Hey,
3: good evening, Miss Patricia. Hey, I'm a male who was in a relationship for ten years uh, without sex with the person who is, I think, she was more traditional or more religious. And uh, she was believing in marriage first and then until we have sex. Given the conditions that now we have, um, you know, financially as men, sometimes we're not that well. And um, before you get it, you need to pay for it. So it was a situation where I couldn't afford to lobola and uh, get married. But I I loved the woman, unfortunately. Sex was not there and I tried my, my best until I give up. It's anonymous.
1: Oh man, anonymous, your story, okay. Um, Yeah, so religion and uh, culture and uh, tradition does play a role sometimes. I mean, this A-teamer, Dr. Khan is saying, for 10 years in a relationship, but uh, because he could not uh, pay lobola and get married traditionally, then he was denied uh, sexual pleasures. To a certain extent, some will say this is a good thing. I mean, why not, uh, you know, put a ring on it if you're going to want to keep it? But on the other hand, clearly this ATMO is a bit frustrated.
2: You know, exactly what you're saying in terms of religious and cultural beliefs and ideas and influence in terms of, um, you know, uh, making yourself available sexually. And I think, I mean, I'm going to agree with you. um, You know, it's it's a common idea that put a ring on it, you know, if you want that level of commitment. But other people might not feel the same. And again, we're coming down to these ideas of communication. Are we communicating that early on in the relationship? And we're coming also to ideas of entitlement. You know, so does one person feel entitled to the other person's body just by making you know, by vocalizing an intention to commit. Thus, this now, you know, you feel that you're entitled to that person's body just because you've you know, verbalized or vocalized that you want to commit at some level. And I think that this is important that we understand each person is the keeper and the owner of their own body, so their bodily autonomy, it belongs to them. And they must make decisions about their bodies freely yeah. without any duress, coercion, without any negative, you know, uh, implicating, negative outcome from saying no or from drawing those boundaries. And we each have that
1: right. My body, my right, another voice note.
0: Hi Patricia and uh, the doctor. The, you know, sometimes it's not because the relationship has been or you've been together for a very long time, or you just forget to make uh, to have sex, or you are too busy. No, it's conflicts. Conflicts. Sometimes these conflicts may emanate from one discovers something about you, the other one, something that you never knew. Like I'm been with this woman for a very long time. And all of a sudden she discovers that I have a child outside. Or she I discover that there is something that she has done before we even met. A lot of those things they come out after a very long time and then you have children and then you just stay together for the sake of the children. It's not like you forgot to have sex or what. It's just a matter of all those conflicts. So um, we have They had a lot of discussions with some group of people. There are so many families that they do not do their sex anymore because of situations like those.
1: I don't know, Doc. You know, if you're not going to be having sex, um, you're just going to be together as brother and sister for the sake of the children, what are you doing in that relationship? I know it sounds like I'm being horrible, but what what are you doing in that relationship? Whose time are you wasting? Because those conflicts will raise other conflicts. The fact that you're not intimate. Then you'll say your partner is cheating, but you've never been with your partner in 10 years or five years. You know, And your partner has needs. You've got needs. So where are those needs being fulfilled? I don't know. What's your take on this one? I think
2: that there are many couples that go on for years without any... Sex without any physical um, penetration. So I think that it depends on what the relationship, you know, it depends on the dynamic of the relationship. If that's okay for that couple, if they have something that works, where they respect each other's boundaries, where there's ideas of, you know, are we in a marriage, we might not be having physical intimacy, but we're also not doing it outside of this marriage with anyone else. So we're engaging in physical intimacy with anyone else, or we establish those kind of boundaries. And if it works, then well and good. But if, for example, one person has the idea or expectation that both parties, you know, that that any physical activity must occur within that marriage or must not occur at all, they can't go outside of the marriage, and the other person does engage outside of marriage, that, of course, will become problematic. So I think that people get married for so many different reasons. And if it works, if a non-sexual relationship works for them, then fine.
1: Well, you know what? If it works for them, they must please call us in and let us know how it's working, uh, that non-sexual relationship. Uh, but for me, I think in yeah, a relationship, love to hear. I'd love to hear. Honestly, I'm really curious about it. For me, I think relationships are about, you know, um, physical intimacy as much as emotional intimacy and mental intimacy. So if we are intimate on every level, then when we come together, whether it's for penetrative or non penetrative sex, then there is Absolutely. there's a spiritual connection. So this thing of you don't touch me, you don't hold my hand, you don't kiss me, I don't kiss you, and then we sleep, you face that side I, I might as well sleep alone and hug my pillow. <laughs> That's at least what I would do. <laughs> well at
2: that point you basically house me. Right? You could oh. it, should, it could just be anybody there. It didn't have to be that person. And in that regard, if you if you had to think about you know in other angles, what are you teaching your children? Um, you know what example are you setting for them? What do they understand then of a regular, so-called normal? I don't know what's normal, how normal is defined, but what is a normal relationship to them? What is a healthy, loving? Relationship for them, and how do you teach them? Then how do you set that example for them? If all they see is two people are just running a home for the sake of the children, where there's no intimacy at any level for you, you know between the two of two. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah, no. Before you even get to the children, you yourself, you yourself, and yourself, and yourself. I mean, really, are you happy? Are you, are you
2: happy? Well, there might be uh, a <laughs> small percentage of people that let are them okay call in. not being
1: touched. Let them if call in. I wanna want to hear it. from them. I want to hear from that percentage that is okay, because I'm sure when the relationship started, there was fire, you know, and of then all of a sudden the fire yes. diminished, and you are happy? Well, let me hear from you. Jay's on the line. Good evening, Jay. Hi, good evening to you, uh,
2: and good evening to our doctor, Patricia. You know, uh, so far, um, one of, some of the things that I thought of, we we, uh, we forget about our uh, nutrients in our diet. How is our diet as the years go by? In the early relationship, we were so very careful the way uh, our meals were prepared and uh, what we ate and when and where we ate them. We went to the park, we went to the beach, we took our, our walks, and we did very many things outdoors. And with the result, that built up a kind of, a, you know, a height in us to keep that relationship going. Even if we are not intimate, we have that maintenance uh, psychologically. So, you know, our meeting habits have changed so drastically that uh, it has depleted us, giving us that energy. Uh, we don't have a me time where we sit and read a book uh, by ourselves, our spending time sometimes with our friends, even our main partner, allowing them to be with their friends, uh, you know, going out for a game or, or so. Uh, a, a lot of relationships now, they want the partners to be at home, you know, when they get home from work or they're coming from work together, they don't
1: share the responsibilities. There are very many things that, you know, a great, great relationship. Mm, thank you very much, Jay, for weighing in. We mm-hmm. really appreciate it. So, diet and sharing responsibilities. Let me go here. Um, this one says, "Good evening, Patricia, and your guest. My name is Lebohang from a small town in Northern Cape Province. You know, regarding maintenance sex, you um, could you please ask the doctor." that is it good or bad to discuss sex with your partner and which positions are you going to do and all that stuff because nowadays I've realized that my partner, she likes to talk a lot about sex and if I don't respond to her, she gets angry. Bana, Lebuchang. that small town in the Northern Cape, I'm saying hello, but Lebuchang, why don't you respond? Doc, please answer Lebuchang. is it good or bad to talk about sex?
2: halala, la, wonderful, <laughs> you know, I think it's so amazing. I, I, I always, it warms my heart to hear, I feel like it's a small victory for practitioners like myself, you know, who advocate for communication and for, you know, in, for prioritizing both people's pleasures and for making sure you're respecting people's boundaries and that you don't just spring something on someone. You ask, is this okay? Are you, you know, open to trying this? Would you like to do this? Are you comfortable with this? And I think it's fantastic. And I think that um, our listener should engage as much as they can at a comfort level that you know, they, they can tolerate and they're open to. It might be amusing in this relationship. Maybe in a previous relationship, that's not how it worked. So it's different. All relationships are different. But it's that level of respect. That your partner is giving you, and prioritizing your boundaries, and making sure that you are comfortable on all aspects and all levels. I think it's beautiful, and it's so important because we can't take for granted, and we can't make assumptions that if something worked in a previous relationship, it's going to work here. Because our bodies, as much as you know, they may look similar, and we may be wired a certain way, you know, similarly, we're also very different, and we respond in different ways. And a lot of that comes from our past experiences, our understanding of things, whatever influences us in terms of religion or culture. And it may also come from trauma. So, you know, we live in a country that has had, I think, in the first three months or four months of this, of this year, almost 10,000 rates that have been documented. So that tells you how many women predominantly women, are being sexually abused on a daily basis in South Africa. So imagine if a woman is unhealthily dealing with that sexual abuse just to pleasure you, just to please you and keep you in the relationship. How would that make you feel? If you valued that partner, you would want that partner to be able to share that experience with you at some level, at some point, so that you can take that into account when you're intimate together. I think it's fantastic that your partner wants to ask what your boundaries are, what your preferences are, you know, what you're open to. And I hope at some point you're going to be comfortable enough to engage at the same level and with the same enthusiasm.
1: Mm. And I'm glad that it's the female partner who's uh, taking the lead here sexually. And obviously, maintenance sex is not about trying to keep your partner. You can't keep a human being. Um, shouldn't but it should be about that. It, and it shouldn't, yes, Doc. And I think it's, it's more about... Um, igniting the fire and reminding yourselves of your individual passion and your collective passion as a couple. Let me go to Ndutugo on the line. Man Dutugo, good evening. Hi, how are you? Strong, how are you? Um, not good, not good at Why? all. Why? What has happened? You know, uh,
4: it's I'm perplexed and I'm just disappointed that uh, you've developed a... Uh, a term or a word for this thing, which mm. is definitely not right.
1: We uh, haven't developed it. It's always been there, Ndutu. No, but it's wrong. Because you know what? Uh-huh. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, this
4: thing is normally caused by ladies. Well, you understand me?
1: Explain what say. thing is caused by ladies. Explain to me, Dutu. this uh, This
4: 1916... It's caused by a lady. Uh, when I understand, if I say, I don't know how you're going to translate it to, to, to see a doctor, but this thing is plain and simple. because How? You know, how
1: is it disrespectful? Because,
4: because you know, for guys, you don't, even, you don't even have to plan to have sex. If you're interested, we're there, we're ready, ever ready, anytime, anywhere, anyhow. Mm-hmm. But now, for you ladies... Now you you
1: telling us about your stresses, about the kids, about all. Yes, what? And to to go, to to go. Wait, imagine, imagine. Yes, 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 yes. I volume. Eh, ma, eh, man, to to go. When are you okay. speeding, yeah, you are leaving me behind, yabon. Yeah, I'm a woman as well, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. I mean whoever mm-hmm. read. So when you have no. ever read, no wait. Don't no, generalize and no. say we women have caused this. Because there are men who have called in on the show many times in Totogo who are struggling sexually in terms of health, in terms of, you know, operations they've gone through. So couples like that, what happens to them? Mm-hmm you know you see, I, I, I understand so it's not only issues. a woman thing and some women are very viral some women just want to have sex all the time with a high libido so you that's can't generalize like that that's one in ten but now I understand that they have, they have <laughs> issues because
4: that, that's something that you, you, you your heart became clear anything. It, it's not your fault I can put it like that but now uh, let's talk about this guy who, who just called in and said their voice note. said he had say, he had a uh, a sex relationship for about 10 years. Mm. A, a sexless marriage for 10 years.
1: It, no, was, no, it wasn't uh, a marriage. But, but, it wasn't, It wasn't a marriage. They were in a relationship. He could not afford yes. Lobola at the time. And I'm assuming yes. the girl was probably a virgin. And he entered into this relationship knowing that this is a virgin. But, I'll yes. only touch her once, you know, culturally and traditionally, once I've paid Lobola. He knew. And he chose to stay in that relationship for 10 years without the sex. Yes. Yes, exactly. So you're saying it's the woman's fault? fault. It is. (laughs) How
4: is it her fault? She's the one who came up with the conditions and the terms and conditions. And he agreed
1: to them, though, not He agreed. but it's not fair. It's not fair for who? She just, 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 but she loved him as well. That's why she stayed with him. But she loves herself as well. So must she just give her body up because we have to be fair here, do You have to compromise. You Who know, must compromise? compromise. Whose who's body? <laughs> body? Our body. Our body. for me. I'm, I'm giving something to you again. I wish we were face-to-face right now. I'm loving your conversation. So we must compromise with our bodies, not have maintenance sex, have sex even if we don't feel like having sex because Tugo wants to have sex all the time. It's not about you. It's about us. <laughs> So so when I, the us part, the I us part is not feeling well and you are feeling well, I must compromise. Is that what you're saying? Can I tell you something? You tell me, my darling. I tell always me.
4: have sex with my wife if she wants to have sex with me mm-hmm. because I don't want to disappoint you. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm tired, when I just came from work, when I'm not feeling well, if she wants it, I'm there.
1: And, and, and does she do the same for you? No, no, obviously, no woman does that. You always thinking about about yourself, you guys. So, so how how do you deal with that then? How do you? Because now I understand why you say you're not okay, because you feel you give your wife any time she wants, she does not give you any time that you want. So, how do you deal with that?
4: You just have to accept it the way it is. There's nothing that you can do. You just have to accept it. That's why I, I can tell you that. That's why it's not the core reason, but that's why most of the guys, they go outside mm. because they just can't take it anymore. Mm. You, you don't have to understand; this thing. You just
1: have to do it. Hi, mm. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist, right? But from what I'm hearing, you, Nung, your sala pants and have a conversation. You know, talk about it. You talk about it, but you say you we just let it go. You, it go. you let it go, Mosinjewen. You do nothing yeah, about it. No, because
4: you're always getting excuses. You're always getting answers. You know, if you talk about stuff and then you get an answer, yeah. there's nothing you can do. You just have to take it as it
1: is. Hi, hmm. uh, thank you very much for calling in, Atimantutuga. I hope you can uh, get the sexing that you need uh, so that you can be okay. Cause I'll go right, and uh, please don't go outside to seek pleasure. <laughs> don't do it; it's not safe unless your wife allows you to get a second wife.
4: I love I really
1: <laughs> <need a laughs> and 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 your motivation will only be sex, right? <laughs> 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 hey, bye, bye, Tutugo. You've made my evening. Hey, uh, <laughs> <you. laughs> Doctor Khan, Tutugo has made my evening, and I, I understand where he's coming from, right? I really, really understand where he's coming from.
2: You know, I think so many points in that conversation. Now, is paying attention, or trying to get to you know, the tune, uh, the, the, the languages. I think it's really clear at a few things, like he's pointed out the idea of male entitlement, where you feel that you're entitled to your partner's body if you have some level of commitment. So whether it's a traditional marriage or a civil marriage, that you're entitled to your partner's body. Then this idea that every single time a man is sexually aroused has to result in penetration. And these are very problematic ideas. Because, you know... Um, I'm going to disagree that he says that men are forever ready. And we know studies indicate indicates that from the age of around 40, almost 50% of men struggle with erectile dysfunction. And these studies were from prior to the pandemic. I'm assuming that, that with the level of stress at this moment globally, that number has shot up. It's definitely more than 50%. I'm not going to believe that, that every man is forever ready at all phases of his life because men are definitely not robots, definitely human beings affected by many things and not just illness but stress and stress is something that affects desire so much. Mm. I think people underestimate the level at which stress affects, affects desire. Financial stress, you know, uh, family stress, all kinds of stress. So, I think these are exactly the ideas, the the beliefs that we're fighting against and that we're trying to redefine. And, you know, we're trying to change that for communities globally so that we prioritize not only men's pleasure but women's pleasure. And that if we do prioritize men's pleasure, we're not choosing men's pleasure over women's safety, security, comfort, boundaries. You know, a woman shouldn't have to compromise her boundaries, her her self-worth, her safety, her security, you know, just just to pleasure a man. It should never be that. At some level, there is going to be some, some amount of resentment because if you don't say no at some point, eventually that relationship is going to change.
1: Yeah and I think uh, one voice note we received was around the fact that conflicts and these cheating things and you know not helping each other around the house will lead to a sexless marriage so talk about it and uh, try and find a way to to Have maintenance sex, great sex, spontaneous sex, quickies, whatever it is, but be intimate. This one is from Patrick. Patrick says, I agree with you, Patricia. Why would you stay in that relationship of brother and sister? They will obviously be no respect. While uh, Joseph says, I consider non-penetrative sex, not sex at all. And so far I have noticed that most couples in long-term relationships don't like communicating, especially about sex. Let's go to voice notes.
3: Good evening, Mrs. Uh, Patricia. It's the first time to get uh, here on this uh, SAS FM.
1: Welcome.
3: And uh, the topic you are talking about the maintenance of sex. The problem is men and women, they don't talk about sex when they want to have sex. Uh, you find that uh, it's only uh, for one person more special maybe man. once he's finished about, or let's say once he he released, to satisfy himself, he doesn't think about uh, the second partner. But uh, when you talk about sex, the other person, you must ask her if she's nearly to release or whatever give a chance to release and then you're gonna release after it's where you will find that uh, both of you you're enjoying sex but first of all you have to talk about sex we mustn't afraid to talk about sex doesn't matter whether we have got many years together but when we go to the bedroom, we have to talk about sex. If there's nobody at home, just brush hair, buttocks, brush hair everywhere, whatever you want to make her feel happy. Madam Patricia, how are you? I'm Nathan from Bombera. Madam Patricia, you are talking business now. If somebody knows that you are not going to have sex, that's not partnership, that's not marriage. It's another issue. As if you are staying with your sister and brothers, you understand? On the other side, some ladies, they come, those are the ladies which come with an intention that let us make marriage with such and such a time, I will do this and that and that's not marriage, that's totally not marriage and I can't afford it. I'm nothing, Madame Patricia from Bombay, I can't afford that one. Marriage without sex, what is that? How do we call it? That's not marriage. Have a nice evening, bye. Uh, good evening, my sister. You know, the topic that you're holding tonight is very, very sensitive because I've been in a relationship with a woman that actually was... She was 33, and then she told me that... Um, she's no longer feeling intimate and all of that, but she really loves me. And every time I will tell her that I would rather leave, she would tell me that it's better I find a younger partner that I would sleep with, but that she should not know about and all of that. Maybe you can shed some light on that uh, because it's really confusing as a man because we don't really know the full essence of a woman's body and what really goes on, especially at the age that she's in.
1: Sure. Uh, Dr. Khan, before we comment on the other A-teamers, let's let's start with this one. A 33-year-old woman who's saying she's no longer sexual. Is, Is this normal? So it could
2: be, uh, you know, it could be anything. It could be a hormonal imbalance. It could be something that's going on in her life. And it could just be a relationship dynamic, something that happened in the relationship. And that could be a reason that there is limited or or zero sexual desire. They would have to investigate what the reason for no sexual desire is. It could be medication, a side effect of medication, Um, anything, really. They would need to investigate what the reason is for no or limited sexual desire, and then, there, as a couple, they would decide, you know, how to go forward. But so if it is something that can be addressed via medication, or whether it's something that they would see um, a psychologist about, they will have to decide as a couple.
1: Now the, the, the interesting part is that the same partner says, no, go find a younger partner, sexual partner, but let me not find out about it. You can have sex with that person. Let me not find out because I still want to be in this relationship with you. Does that not and open up question, another dynamic in the relationship?
2: Yes, and my question would be, would the reason to remain in that relationship be financial stability? What would the reason to be what would the reason be to remain in that relationship? You know, what's the, what's the trade-off? You know, what are they compromising and why? So what is the reason that they are agreeing for their partner to have sexual relations with someone else but still maintain them, you know, as, as a wife? Um, I would ask these questions, but of course it's something for the couple to go through and to go through the motion and talk to each other about and it's their decision at the end of the day.
1: Mm. So our A teamers are saying, you know, one was in Tutuba was saying women cause these things, and then the others, uh, Nathan and our first time caller said, listen, we need to be gentle as men. We need to, you know, give the woman their opportunity to 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 uh, reach their climax every time, so that we don't end up in a place where we have to really schedule sex. It can just happen spontaneously. So, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Doctor Khan?
2: I think it's very personal. I think it's dependent on the person and the phases or whatever they're going through in their lives. Um, you know, it could be so. It could be maybe um, pregnancy, childbirth, death in the family. It could be a loss of a job. It could be financial stress. It could be an illness. It, so many different things, right? So that would depend. That would determine where they are in terms of their sexual desire their libido. And really, what do they want out of that relationship? So it's fantastic that there are these men who want to prioritize their wives or their partners or their women's pleasure, but what does the partner want? And I think this is so important. Like, there is this is a reason why communication is so important. A lot of the time, women feel the need to be compliant sexually, to maintain a relationship or to enter a marriage. So maybe you're not married and you think that the only reason or the only way to get that person to marry you is to show them that you'll be you'll be sexually available and readily available. And so it's a performative, it's the way you conduct yourself is not necessarily the way that you plan to go forward during the marriage. So you set up these ideas and these expectations and you engage in certain acts or in a, at a certain frequency that you're not going to be able to maintain during the marriage itself. So there's this false idea, so one person has this expectation that this is how it's going to be. I think that if if a, if a man, and I'm speaking very heteronormatively up here, here uh, if a man is entering a marriage or a relationship and for him sex is highly important and he can't imagine a relationship without sex, And if he verbalizes and vocalizes this to his potential partner before entering a long-term relationship or a marriage, and if he checks the boxes for everything else, so he's the perfect partner for her, for everything else, but she doesn't necessarily prioritize sex, she might compromise and be physically active and engage physically and sexually to be able to have a partner Meets meet all her expectations and her requirements on other levels. And later on in the relationship, we find that becomes a problem because the sex is what the man wants. He really wants sex more than he wants anything else. And here it comes down to why are you getting married? Why are you entering a long-term relationship? Why are you dating? All of these questions. And I think over the last few months, we've been touching on this here and there subtly in terms of be open as much as possible as to what your expectations of a relationship are.
3: Mm. What I really
2: hoped to hear today, you know, I really thought someone would call in, a woman would call in and say, you know, what you're hearing the men say. But they actually want the men to live sex. And it's their partner who uh, is denying them sex.
4: Mm.
2: And I think that there are women out there. It's just that there's so much shame around saying that you are a highly sexual woman. There's a lot of shame around it still. As much as women want to own their sexuality, a lot of women are still shamed for saying that they have high desires or high sexual desire or libido. So there may actually be women out there who have greater or higher libido than their partners and not knowing how to handle that. And part of that is because it's socially accepted for men, or acceptable for men to go out, like several of the corners have said, you know, that they'll be forced to go seek that measure somewhere else. But it's not socially acceptable for a woman to do the same.
1: Well, it's a woman's month. Let the women liberate themselves, let them let out the inner, uh, beautiful self, let them become sexually liberated. Um, I think it's a mind thing. Let them start with their minds and then let's move on because we can't have our men as angry as in Utogo. Uh-uh, it's not fair. So let's just all be liberated sexually. Dr. Khan, thank you so very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Please give us your contact details.
2: 79 and I just want to say a shout out to the listener who called me yesterday evening and I hope that him and his partner are doing well.
1: Excellent. Thank you very much, Dr. Khan. You're most welcome. Take care, Patricia. Hey, teamers, it's time for us to uh, go. Uh, this week has been fantastic. Uh, we'll be back again on Monday evening at 10 p.m. In the meantime, interact with us on social media platforms at SAFM Radio, alternatively at Patricia N. And Uli. From us, may goodness and grace lead you to the great heights of success.